0: There's so much noise and chaos in our lives today. We're bombarded with mixed messages, quick fixes, and distorted realities. They're all wonderful stories. Some are true, many are not. Hi, I'm David Kenny, and this is Sanity Check. In 25 years of business, I know that hiring people Launching products, allocating capital, selling and managing yourself is no mean feat. We don't tell you what to do. Instead, we put you in front of the right people, ask them the right questions so that you can find the answers you need. We are here for you. It's time to sanity check. Hey guys, I'm really excited today. Um, We've got a, a very special guest with a bit of a difference. Maybe someone that you might not expect me to be interviewing, but there's a very, very clear reason why I think this person is exceptionally uh, important for us to meet. His name is Dominic D. Tommaso. His uh, Instagram title is The Real Dom Tomato, which is uh, obviously the guy has a sense of humor. Um, and for the Fast Five today, uh, and, and if you look up any of the socials on this guy, why I've said this is one of the first, um, five most important things about him. He's, he's a good looking dude, he's single. Um, He's he's a parkour champion. So I encourage you to find out a bit about that. That's a a great sport. He's also an actor. Uh, He's also uh, an Australian figure skating champion, or has been, he's won titles. And he was born in Brisbane, he's a local Aussie. So welcome to the show, Dom. Hey, how you going? Thanks for having me today. Pleasure. So Dom, I've heard you talk about jumping off buildings is really living, but to me, that sounds like maybe living. Um, so, can you talk a bit about yeah what you do and like parkour in particular?
1: So, um, I found parkour in 2007. I was just looking on the internet through videos of people doing like ninja esque stuff. And I stumbled across a parkour video and I was instantly drawn to it. it was like that, that I want to do that. There was like a, a name for this thing that I'd always wanted to do, which was similar to like stunts or action, but not down the route of doing anything that was like violent based or like, uh, fire, water, like it was just the action side of moving. And that really drew me to it as a whole. And from there, I just went out in my lunch break and tried it and never really stopped. Um, it's, it's one of those things that if you look at the level of what I'm doing now to the everyday person that seems very dangerous or even, uh, crazy somewhat, but, uh, it's been a day by day process over 14 years of building that kind of, resistance and normalization to the fear aspect and the crazy aspect
0: yes i would say don't try this at home you are not dom yeah yeah <laughs> this is 14 years in the making so one of the things i, I really like about what you've done dom is that you're, you're sort of anti-stereotypical you've got a lot of people on instagram that follow you but you've taken your community along for the ride rather than just making it all about you so um in the parkour Uh, industry or parkour as a sport has evolved over the time. I'd love for people to know a bit more about parkour. So can you tell me a bit about how you've taken that role in developing, uh, and and this may need you to be a little bit
1: out there, or or I know
0: you are humble, but can you tell us a little bit about how you've developed the sport?
1: Yeah, I'll I'll go back to grassroots really quickly and do like a a cliff notes. Uh, But we have like, Parkour started about 20, 25 years ago now in France, and it was developed by a bunch of young guys. Uh, specifically, David Bell was like the founder um, of the movement. And then from there, it became popularized all over the world over the next like 10 years and really started to take off. But as it's a new sport, there isn't a huge industry for professionals to make uh, you know uh, a living from the sport. And so as the sport has been developing, there's also been ways that have been created and avenues for people to become professional athletes within the sport Uh, i personally kind of followed the framework of the generation previous to me which was mostly about like that online presence and then seeking sponsorship from there red bull had come into the game early but as i was kind of getting myself out there and finding my own path per se, they had become one of the major brands that sponsor athletes within parkour. Uh, and so they picked me up in 2017. And then from there, I've just been trying to kind of encompass the title of professional athlete without kind of having to stick to the common stereotypes from other sports. As you said before, I came from a background of figure skating, uh, sort of ballet, and they have a very traditional, uh, strict kind of structure with them. and. With parkour, there is so many avenues and opportunities to create a profession within the industry. It's just about finding those pathways and then finding the one that works for you best.
0: Yeah, as a Red Bull athlete, you sort of started out looking at what other people were doing, but you've really developed your own style and flair. So can you talk a bit about when this probably applies to anyone in sport, um, you've
1: got to develop your own style. So how have you approached that? Uh, Over the years of training, there's so many different uh, avenues and envelopes that you can take with training. Uh, I think a big key decision for me was, as opposed to deciding to be a content creator, I decided I wanted to be a professional athlete. And so that meant that I would decisively and assertively put down the camera more and work on the the training and the fitness side of it. And I think that kind of durability and mindset to the, the sport side of it really did make a difference and stand out between a lot of the athletes. A lot of the athletes were more hobbyists or someone who was doing, you know, parkour, but also trying to create a industry and film for themselves or something like that. And so that was one of the initial kind of defining factors for me, right? I decided, okay, I like making videos. I like doing parkour, but if I do both, I won't be able to give something my 100% best effort and my 100% control. And so I chose to, yeah, go down the professional athlete route. And that was similar to... Another time where I was teaching parkour and that was like a way that I was getting paid to do the sport, but I just felt like it was taking away from the time that I could be training and putting towards becoming a professional in this way with the sponsorship and, uh, the travel and media opportunities.
0: Yeah. So probably a bit, bit different for the last year. You haven't been on planes all the time, but I like how you talked about getting the mix, right? So obviously for you, very important to land well. So you had to develop that physical prowess. But then to make it more interesting, the uh, the showmanship has come in as well. So what, what sorts of things do you use to get better at both of those?
1: So the, the, <laughs> the thing that I would say helped a lot with the showmanship side of things and kind of selling myself was the performing arts background and the figure skating background that I did growing up. Uh, I started figure skating at the age of three and then by nine was doing it full time, six days a week, uh, going to national championships all over the country and that sort of thing. Uh, so that was taken very seriously and there's a huge performance aspect to figure skating and parkour itself doesn't actually have a huge performance value in the sense of like presenting it. It's more about doing the movement and documenting that the feat or the challenge. And so I think just by naturally being someone who was excitable and not afraid to show, uh, my emotion, be it happy or hurt or whatever it is during those Uh, challenges and feats it made it more relatable and more tangible to the everyday audience as opposed to just the athletes who were interested in the sport and a huge factor is attitude i think like when i started instagram uh to go back on what you were saying earlier when i started instagram i just chose that i was going to only promote parkour i wasn't going to be like an influencer i just wanted to promote parkour promote the sport and hopefully get as many eyes and people interested and engaged in parkour and free running for what it is not so much for like, look at me, look at me. And also uh, my whole mission statement was to be able to train parkour every day with the community and then somehow build that into a career.
0: <laughs> well, you've done that. So showmanship obviously helps, but I imagine that one of the key things that's really made you successful is, is taking advantage of the opportunities and being ready for the opportunities.
1: Yeah, uh, and that means sticking with it when it might not necessarily be giving you back uh, what you expect. You know, uh, it was nine years before I got the opportunity to be flown overseas for an international event. Uh, but for those nine years, you know, I, I had to stay with the sport for the opportunities to come back. As you said, if you're not there, you can't jump on the opportunities that that present themselves, and you have to really uh, be willing to be kind of malleable and flexible with. Uh, when those things arise, there was times where I was booking flights, you know, two to three days before leaving the country uh, and then heading off for a, a matter of months just on the, the last-minute organization with certain jobs or even myself sometimes. <laughs> I just decide spontaneously that I want to go, but that would then create opportunity by, like, if I flew myself to an event, that would then meet me new people who would offer me roles such as a judge in a competition in China or design a course and that sort of thing.
0: So you've really just... Um made it
1: you've gone all in essentially and it's not been an overnight success by any stretch really yeah definitely uh to anybody out there that's working on a dream or a passion or a goal i think patience is a huge virtue that uh we all kind of underestimate five years i think is a great reflection point if you work hard every day for five years that's when at the five years you can have a look back and say okay where is this going where am i at is this kind of returning but before that point you're really just shooting yourself in the foot because you haven't dedicated the right amount of time to making it what it could be or giving it uh, the the patience required for that thing to grow naturally. Yeah, totally. Look, I'm just having a quick glimpse at my notes and it says here,
0: I'm not just pretty. Uh, you're obviously <laughs> a good looking bloke, but you build a business around this, Tom, which is, really does set you apart in a, lot, in a lot of ways. A lot of people out there on Instagram that have got you know, the stereotypical, you know, there's lots of, um, great looking girls and guys doing lots of different things, but you've taken that next level. And it's not just about influencer. So can you tell us a bit about how you've gone about building the business side?
1: Yeah. So as I said earlier, the, the goal was basically to get myself in a position where I could train every day. Uh, and I realized that a lot of that comes with documenting and filming and posting on the internet. So when I started social media, it was as a job, as a business. Uh, the structure for me was that I wasn't really interested in sharing my personal life or any of like the glamorous shots. I wanted to showcase parkour, but I also wanted to post every single day and try and grow my following as a, as a business opportunity for then a way to make money through influencer posts per se. So I had taken the framework from the influencer model, but applied it with a specific strategy. And I think in a way that also would motivate me to get out the door every day and get that content. I wouldn't leave the house with what I was gonna film in mind. But if I was feeling kind of down or demotivated about training, I would then use the Instagram responsibility of I've got, this is my job. If I wanna make this my job, I've gotta go out and train every day. So then I would take that initiative and that would get me out the house. And then once I'm out training, I'm having a great time because I love what I'm doing. And then from there, it was really about networking further and uh trying to create sponsorship opportunities so the first full-time sponsor that I had was apes gym uh, Australian academy of parkour exercise and self defense and they're based here in New South Wales uh they would just pay me a base salary that covered my rent that essentially just covered my rent every week so it wasn't huge uh, the gym's not like a a multi-chain international thing it's you know it's a self-started business um and they yeah, provided me that opportunity so that then I could pursue other jobs to pay the food, pay the income, and just basically keep myself afloat with professional work, be that shows or shoots. Um, and at that time, I built my Instagram to about 150,000 followers. And uh, from there, I using the opportunity to be a full-time professional athlete and the fact that my rent was covered, I could then travel overseas and compete in competitions and attend Uh, bigger events, uh, and have that kind of time to really submerse myself in the professional athlete lifestyle. And that picked me up enough attention to join Team Fereng. Uh, And Team Fereng, we're an international team of uh, six athletes, and we make and sell clothing. Uh, And so we have a clothing line that's uh, urban style, kind of streetwear based, uh, but it's functional for parkour and freerunning. Uh and then after working with them for eight months, nine months, I managed to pick up Red Bull sponsorship because I've been during that time attending more competitions and more events. Uh and then now I've been working with Red Bull Australia for three years and that's, you know, slowly progressed. Uh and there's been a crazy bunch of opportunities that have come from specifically Red Bull sponsorship. And then to further that I continue to grow my social media platform uh to, to what it is today. And in doing so, it means that any influencer work or posting and that sort of thing comes with fees. And that way I can kind of make a sustainable living through that, through sponsorship. And then uh, in the future, I'm hoping to provide myself with more opportunities. Well, it sounds like to me a real good lesson that you've, you've said in there
0: is that you've come up with a way to get your minimum livable expenditure covered so that you can then build on the platforms that you're trying to, to create, like the clothing like like creating, getting yourself out there into more competition. So just cover the basics so that you can
1: build. Yeah, so that was, yeah, um, something that, uh, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't quite remember until you brought it up, but that's that was a huge framework for me, is that in modern day society, you do have to cover your ass with the bare fundamentals. You have to be able to eat and you have to be able to have a place to live in. If you can do that, then if you can get that covered, then you can work on the passion stuff and that sort of thing. And be that you have to work as a garbage man for five years, which is what I was doing before I was a professional athlete. I would just work from 4 a.m. till 10 a.m., then go home, rest, and then go out in the afternoon and train and make content for Instagram to hopefully then provide overseas. So it's like you have to, you have to work to make the base salary. That's like a necessity and cover your ass and then you can go further.
0: Yeah, I think that you just saying that you were prepared to do anything and everything and uh, bringing that community along with you in particular, I think probably propelled you. And I thought that's one of the things I, I think about you. You don't, you don't make it about you. That's very refreshing. So um, coming back to getting the, uh, the business off the ground, I know that you use um, Patreon, um, which how, how are you finding that?
1: So I've only recently started Patreon. That was at the, the start of this year. And it's been a slow start. I think I may have kind of overshot the mark with what I was providing content wise for the pricing structure. Um, but I've kind of recanted that now and, and done some adjustments there. Uh, and I'm hoping to continue to build the platform further. For me, it's nice to just have a place where I can create like content specifically for an audience who I know is engaged and interested to watch. If that turns into a uh, a salary or a, a paycheck where I can, create that content exclusively, that would be also uh, an amazing kind of step forward.
0: Yeah. One, one thing I will add there is that I know that um, Patreon model reasonably well. One thing for a little tip for you is have a look at uh, Ghost as well. That's uh, an up and comer and it's more of a flat fee arrangement rather than a percentage. So we're sort of back into uh, you know, the territory widgets and and tools and picks that I like to, to use. But uh, you mentioned being uh, working as a garbologist, which obviously was good for training. And uh, even, even better, I love this, that you're have you've like you're, you're a long way ahead of me in terms of podcasting,
1: but um, you've got your own podcast called Trash Talk. Yeah, so uh, I used to live with two other aspiring athletes, Master Marks and Jaren Zen. And Jaren Zen now does the audio and the sound design for the YouTube channel and we've started a podcast. Yeah. Talking trash every, every Monday, 9 PM. And, uh, it's, it's funny cause we live together and we both worked on the garbage truck together as well. So we have a, a deep history and, and quite close connection and to have that history and then be kind of taking our relationship and talking to other people, professional athletes and mostly based around the parkour community. But I would love to then further that with other guests, uh, it's, it's very informal and it's a lot of fun. And I just like long format conversations. I think they're a great way to kind of communicate your, your point of view. So with your trash talk, love that title. Uh, so what are, you, what are you trying to do there? Are you, it's, it's
0: all about parkour community. But I mean, people just like a good you
1: know, yak and a yarn. So how important is telling a story in, in business as well? More important than I think I initially realized. Uh, I think that's been something... Uh, that is a valuable trait especially with people who have done a lot of different things and have a lot of experience to offer and those are the people that i try to bring on is someone who may not be doing the normal nine to five or a different kind of lifestyle choice to the regular and seeing how they do it and how they've made that happen and just also for me the, the podcast was really an excuse to catch up with friends for an hour a week and also get some content out of it you know i love Talking to friends, but I, I personally am not the best at uh, communicating and reaching out and being on my phone often. I usually use it for filming or posting, and then I put it down.
0: Living so, apart from <laughs> you're not on your phone, you're jumping off buildings trying to live. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. I love that. I love that. And, and keep keep doing it. Keep landing well. So, so I think uh, obviously what comes out of um, me and you rather is um, you're a showman so is it, do you think there's a fine line because I mean particularly in Australia there's a lot of people uh, we've got that we're accused of having this tall poppy syndrome do you think there's a fine line between being too showy uh,
1: and they're just the right level or how do you sort of maze that? It's, uh, it's an interesting one. I mean, definitely growing up, I did experience a lot of kind of tall poppy syndrome and uh, culture in Australia where being loud or uh, over the top or even just more energetic or more enthusiastic would often get me kind of rifled or bullied or kind of put to the side at school. But when I grew into an adult, which I probably haven't done much growing mentally really, <laughs> um, it, it, I think just being yourself and really owning your traits, like it takes a bit of self awareness to to know when you're being overbearing and when you're kind of when to dial it back. I think that the balancing act is really that I don't think I'm all that. I don't have like a inflated ego about what I do. You know, I jump on walls, I touch bricks. so like it's it's kind of silly what I like doing, but I'm just humbled by the fact that that's uh, something that other people appreciate and have been inspired by, and that has offered me the opportunity to do that full time. It's entertaining. It's entertaining to watch. Like if you haven't seen some parkour, go
0: look at it. It's it's very uh, interesting stuff. It's fun. It's it's uh, athletic, uh, and uh, it pushes the um, the adrenaline, which I guess
1: is a big reason why people like Red Bull just love that. You know, it's a it really sits well in their suite. Yeah, but it's also relatable to the everyday person because if you don't ride a bike, you don't know what it's like to ride a bike and jump off a ramp. If you don't skydive and pull a parachute, you don't know necessarily what that sensation is like. But with jumping and climbing, we've all kind of lent our hand to that at some point in our life. If you stand at the top of a four meter drop, you're gonna know what that is like. So if you see someone drop off it, there's a instant relatability uh, to it as opposed to a more complex understanding, like something like skateboarding. I'm sure goes over the head of 95% of people that don't do skateboarding because they don't understand the complexities of the footwork or the specificities of the move. It's too esoteric. Whereas parkour and freerunning is specifically my style of parkour and freerunning of like larger impact, larger singular movements and like uh, a lot of airtime uh, plays into the uh, relatability of the mainstream audience. Totally. So,
0: so you, I heard you talk before about this is a job and if I want to do it, I've got to realize it's a job and it's
1: hard. Yeah, I think uh, dedication is, is the key there. Yeah, you've gotta, you've got to commit to something. and I mean with everything I do, if I eat a peanut butter sandwich, there's you know two times the peanut butter there is to bread. I'm just committed to the peanut butter. You know <laughs> like I, I do everything 110 percent. And in doing that, I think it really just provides the best opportunity and platform for growth and awareness of what you're doing. I don't think, especially in today's age, it's enough to just be seen once on the internet or seen once on TV and instantly gain that fandom because there is such saturated fandom for all the influencers, all the actors, all the singers, all this, that, the other that's going on. But if you can be seen multiple times and kind of impress or shock or uh, gain awe from these people on multiple occasions, then that's when they're going to engage. They're going to engage on time number six, time number seven, time number 10, that they oh, that's that guy again. He's doing, oh, I remember he did that thing with the other thing. You have to kind of build that. And so if you're doing it every day, you're increasing your ratio and likelihood of being seen the most.
0: Yeah, 100%. So so coming back to that point on the job, how where, where could you have done this better in terms of accelerating the path? Is this something that there's a lot of managers or agents out there for people like you? Or what, what do you think even makes a good agent for people that are
1: developing you know, a business around you rather than just clipping a ticket? With parkour, it's such a newfound industry. It's a, it's a tricky one to manage an agent. And uh, it actually involves a lot more work from the uh, management side of pitching to brands and seeking out those things as opposed to brands coming specifically uh, to them. With my page in particular, because it's not a very commercialized-based page, I would have you know one or two brands a month approaching me which is not that many comparatively to some of the other influences that I know of. Uh, so how I think I could have done it better is if I were to have thought out the, the capturing side or have a a team or partner who could capture the level of movement, uh, in the same level of video or same level of photo and really sell the, the profile and image of myself earlier as a, as a character, as a person, but you know, in saying that as well, I think the rawness and the the realness and the intensity of that everyday posting and that everyday commitment was more valuable than putting the professional twist on it and taking more time to, to tweak and post it. But I think if I wanted to make more money from the, from the platform, that's the, the strategy I would have implemented was a more, uh, stylistic based platform, as opposed to just me doing Really, it's not even big stuff. It's just what I do on my day to day. I just film that and then put that on the internet. Well, I think, I think
0: what you've gone through is an amazing set of discoveries, you know, in terms of how you've got to where you are. And that's, that's really what I was trying to tease out of you because, you know, you've got a lot of this really right. And, but maybe let's switch gears because not everything's working right In, nobody has everything going right so what what for you is it working at? is it what trade-offs or compromises have you, have you had to make and
1: thankfully not a lot of broken bones as a, a trade-off but uh, um, I'm sure there's been some Fortunately the physical side has been quite kind to me and the sport itself oh, like just practicing the sport and the art um, has been like a, a blessing for me I haven't had any major injuries you know that have debilitated me or persisted with me from training in the future i i did fall on my face and hurt, uh fracture my skull and uh, cross and dislocate my wrist that was probably the worst injury i did have but uh the doctors kind of just said don't fall on your face again and <laughs> i was like okay i didn't plan on it the first Great advice. time so Great advice. I, was tra- I was training after a week um oh wow you know i was doing doing some flips and jumps in an event the next like seven days later so wow I, like even though it was a scary fall and quite a bad injury it wasn't something that put me out of training and i've been fortunate in that sense uh but i would say business consistency being a freelance no matter what industry you're going to be in you have to be really on top of your invoicing your scheduling your organization and that's something i really had to learn over the years and i'd say now i've got it dialed i've got my system blah 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 got my calendar hit this hit that make reminders on my phone but at the start it was a mess and um that's something that i think a few opportunities slipped through the cracks professionally but also uh i just didn't manage to put savings away or kind of get on top of the financial situation i was still living even though there were bigger paycheck to bigger paycheck i was still living bigger paycheck to bigger paycheck overseas and over the past year working with management that i was working with for six to eight months which really kind of helped align the administration side and the accounting side of things Uh, but we've since parted ways and i'm doing it back on myself but i think i've learned a lot more over that time and have really got a a much better handle on the the freelance side of things Uh, it's all about just making sure you know what's coming and that you're delivering your invoices on days ahead of time as opposed to when i'd be overseas i'd be down to my last hundred dollars and be like all right i have to invoice for this thing and then that takes a week and then you've got this period of time where you're in purgatory like I'm getting paid it's coming in but I don't have any money I learned that lesson not fast enough and way too many times
0: well I think there's a playbook in this and that's where I want to go with this because um, that I think you have built something from scratch in a new market in a relatively new sector slash business slash product uh, because you know maybe um you could have done it better and faster but what you've learned now by going through it I think has been you know pretty awesome so that's great but is there anything you feel like you've sort of missed out on like you know living this uh lifestyle because sometimes these things and I don't like having a podcast about you know inspiration but I'll just throw that one thing in to maybe keep people going for that next little bit so that they don't give up so
1: is there anything you've missed out on that you think well I can do that later or Instantly, the thought there is, is uh, having children, uh, you know, I'm 28 years old, I would have uh, ideally growing up, I wanted to have kids younger in life. But as I've gotten older, and I've realized I'm also still a child, I need to backseat <laughs> that plan. And, uh, you know, wait till uh, I feel like I'm in a more comfortable and responsible position, managing my own life before I can manage others. Um, and also we're traveling uh, so much of the year and the inconsistency and spontaneity of what's going on it is quite difficult to find a relationship that works with these parameters in such a modern day age as well you haven't run your race yet bro <laughs> <laughs> There's time. i haven't um also ever wanted to work a nine-to-five job which is something that uh i've been fortunate enough now like finding finding different career opportunities i feel like i did miss out on maybe the potential to make a lot of capital or invest in this or you know build a business and and sell that off or anything of those entrepreneurial kind of things but i've also enjoyed what i'm doing the whole time and i think the slow that's why i'm all about the slow the slow burn the the long con the the game that goes on forever as opposed to oh this hasn't offered me anything i'm just going to pull out and reset my whole life it's like well if you reset everything then you start from zero again if you just kind of adjust the blocks and slowly keep building and do it day by day and accept that things were going to take time then you'll be all right i love it i love it so all that's probably left is to say what's next
0: so what what are you working on at the moment And is there anything that you've got up your sleeve that you can maybe share a little bit with the uh the sanity check audience
1: yeah I'm not sure when we're going to air with this, but the next thing that's coming out for me is Ultimate Tag. It's actually releasing March 7th. And I was uh, fortunate enough to have a role as a pro tagger, which is essentially like a gladiator that takes tags from you, uh, if you remember the old gladiator series. So instead of them and and tackling them, we don't uh, get in their way or try and impede them at all. Our goal is to take tags off them. And that's a penalty to their time when they're running on these courses. And that was so much fun. Uh, it's going to be broadcasting, I think, six to eight weeks every Sunday night, uh, which you can tune in and see me run around in silver pants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it, it's really, it's the cool thing about it was it's got the raw intensity of the the flight mechanism that you would watch like in a, you know, f- in a fight, you see the, the raw intensity of that visceral fight response it's like the flight reaction response where you're being chased by these crazy people and you have to zig and zag and move really quickly and that's really engaging but then you also have the kind of character work and the the showmanship of the the pro tag the and the the contestants putting it on to like it is still a TV show and so we had a lot of fun with that concept as well really like providing the entertainment we wanted to make good TV as well as get those tags. Tune in, what's it called again, Dom? It's, uh, what's it called? What's the... uh, Ultimate Tag. And where can we find this show? On Channel 7, March 7th, every Sunday from then on. Tune in guys, It's. A, I'm looking forward to it
0: myself. Tune in. So uh, look, final question, bro. So if you had to, if you lost it all and you had to start again tomorrow, just with what you've learned so
1: far, what would you do differently? Uh, what would I do differently? really not a lot because currently <laughs> the position that i'm in i'm super thankful for and uh it's it's rewarding every day to kind of just be able to train like the the mission statement would say the same and maybe some of the the ingredients would change on that way especially now that today's modern society is kind of saturated more of the growth and market that you could previously but um yeah i wouldn't do a lot different because all i want to do is train parkour every day and if that means filming it, putting it on the internet so that it's all documented and people want to digest it as, as, as media content, then I would do it that way. And uh, yeah, I really enjoy what I'm doing.
0: No autocorrect required, that's good. Maybe maybe just don't do that one jump
1: that you had to stack on and that'd be it. That's it, yeah. yeah maybe just take a beat when I was at a competition and don't fall <laughs> off six meters
0: yeah, don't try this at home hey Dominic it's been an absolute pleasure and privilege listening to you and uh, sharing
1: these wonderful stories with Sanity Check thank you so much so you've been awesome thank you very much I really appreciate you having me on here and I hope you enjoy your week excellent you take care and and, and I actually mean that literally with you you take care
0: <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed today's episode I did but hey it's not about me if you found it helpful we're only warming up so if you've got a friend or a colleague who you think needs a sanity check do them a solid and share this with them and if you enjoyed this episode i'd really appreciate it if you could give it a review this will help us reach more people and make sure we get it right for you i'm david kenny and i'll be back in your ears next week for another sanity check and done